Okay, welcome into the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's Dream Preview for Zurich Classic of the New Orleans Week. My name is Will Doctor, alongside James Ledbetter. Nice to have you aboard on a Tuesday as we bring you the latest in the world of PGA Tour handicapping. As far as the RBC last week was concerned, Led, I had three out of my four matchups and hit a plus 430 ticket on Sepp Straka as he looked to win down the stretch until he bogeyed the 72nd hole. Tough to see McNeely and Hadwin finish right outside the top 20. And Morikawa, of course, never got the putter rolling like we would have liked. Lad, how's it going today? Welcome in. Doing well. Nice to see Spieth get back in the winner's circle. Um, you know, heard Scotty's been taking a lot of the spotlight for uh, Texas golf as of late. You think he that charged him up uh, this last couple of weeks? I think it's 100% a factor. You know, I, I think, you know, especially to go uh, – to go watch someone, uh, or another Texas Texas native, another Longhorn alumni, go get a green jacket. I'm sure it uh, fired him up to some extent. Yeah, and just the way the tournament played out, I'm surprised that score held up. You know, um, we had five or six guys that were, you know, either one back or tied for the lead uh, with, you know, three, four holes to go. And I wouldn't say they folded down the stretch, but no one really jumped, uh, jumped out and took it. No, no. You know, Spieth and Greller waited 90 minutes after the uh, 72nd hole. He drained a 10-foot uh, birdie putt on the 72nd hole after missing two putts inside six feet on the day. So that was extremely clutch. And then, yeah, Greller and Spieth, they didn't even hit a ball in those 90 minutes. They just went inside and uh, relaxed and then uh, came out and beat Patrick Canley had a bunker contest. Yeah, just looking at that playoff, it looked like Spieth hadn't hit the ball. When he hit his first, you know, his tee shot in the playoff, he had 220 yards into the green on his second shot. I don't know. I thought he was he, screwed. Uh, I don't know if he necked that one off the tee a little bit or what happened there. But, uh, yeah, that's Spieth's first win on tour now where he's lost strokes putting. So, for all the, you know, crazy pre-shot routine slander and swing slander in general, I guess it seems to be working. Yeah, and I don't think that I've ever seen another player on the PGA Tour, uh, you know, have the type of day that Spieth did on Saturday where he misses an 18-inch putt on 18. Uh, and everyone, the media, the talking heads, Twitter tough guys, everyone's saying, oh, we're so worried about Spieth's game. You know, th this is what kills us about him, you know, all this. And then, you know, comes out the next day and Eagles two of the first five holes um, you know, chipping in, making bombs, making 60 foot Eagle bombs. It's this guy's incredible. I mean, he, he, whether he's playing good, whether he's playing bad, he's an absolute movie. He's an absolute yeah. movie. Yeah. That's a great turnaround on, you know, third round for speed. Cause that's just so hard to go into the clubhouse missing a one footer. And it was, you know, it was like he did the, the old tap in, we know, let's get this over with kind of quick kind of thing. And you could see he takes the hat off scratching his head. He was not happy. And Led, you know how hard golf is, you know, when you miss an 18-inch yeah. putt on, on yeah. you know, the second yeah. to last hole, the second to last day of a tournament, that is yeah. not, it's so much easier said than done to, to go turn around and come out the next day strong. And um, yeah, it was an unbelievable victory. And of course, it was the first ever tournament where Spieth wins, uh, losing shots on the green. So had a terrible yeah. putting week and still got the job done. Yeah. And uh, for my week, from a betting perspective, I had... Uh, Joaquin Neiman over Sung Jay minus 120. Harold Varner top 20 plus 230. 
Um, but it really came down to some close misses for me. I had Shane Lowry outright 22 to one. He finished one back and then Harold Varner at 65 to one finished one shot out of the playoffs. So it was really close to a great week for me. Luckily I had both those guys, in my DraftKings lineup. So that was uh, definitely a nice, uh, <laughs> a, a nice team this week, but um, yeah, just, you know, looking forward to Zurich now and a uh, decent field coming into this week. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, definitely. You know, the, the, the kind of the rundown for today's uh, show is going to be, you know, we'll get into the course a little bit, a little bit on the field, and then we'll just work our, our way straight into the matchups. Uh, we'll go over some of the picks to place uh, for this week. We'll go through some winners and then uh, we'll go into our lineups and best bets. So bit of a shortened show, uh, but as far as the Zurich classic TPC New Orleans is concerned, you know, one of the most gettable golf courses on tour. Lad. Certainly. Yes. You know, we got a decent uh, field this week, five of the top 10 players in the world. Um, a couple of the notable teams is, uh, you know, we got Colin Morikawa and Victor Hobland pairing up together and, um, you know, I think just a theme for this week in general is just the way the, the odds are set. Not much value at the top of the board. So that's, you know, one of the reasons we're really not even going to look at those favorites or go over them is just because golf's too hard to play these guys in top fives and top tens at, uh, at borderline minus money here. So um, that's, you know, the kind of the reasoning behind the format this week. But in terms of, uh, you know, what we're looking at, it's the only full field team event of the year. We do have some studs playing this week, but we also have some guys that are kind of piggybacking off a buddy for a free pre PGA tour start doc. I don't know about you, but kind of going through this board, there were definitely some names that uh, either I hadn't heard in a while or, you know, hadn't, you know, <laughs> seen. <laughs> right. No, no doubt. Uh, you know, we're going to get a great preview um, of some potential teams that we'll see for the international at the president's cup and the, Europeans at the Ryder Cup for the internationals, of course, Zurich defending champions, uh, Cam Smith and Mark Leishman are back. Uh, you know, Smith is a two-time winner this year. Leishman is someone who seems to get, uh, you know, dangerously consistent this time of year. Uh, so Trevor Emmelman, who is captaining that international uh, team this year, Quail Hollow, will keep an eye on that group this week. And then for the Europeans, as far as the Ryder Cup is concerned, Henrik Stinson, who will Captain of the 2023 squad in Rome will teed up this week with Justin Rose and then Danny Willett and Tyrrell Hatton, two uh, Englishmen will peg it together. Uh, Willett really going to have to show something if he wants to uh, make it to the Euro Ryder Cup team. And uh, finally, Shane Lowry and Ian Poulter will play together uh, this week at the Zurich. Lowry coming off a heartbreaking loss at the RBC and Poulter, who is probably a few months away from jumping ship and uh, joining the Saudi Enterprise. Uh, and then, you know, a couple, you know, rookies, some younger guys, let's talking about some guys that you're not going to see very often, Sam Horsfield and Matt Wallace teed up um, as a English duo. So uh, that's a team to keep an eye on for sure. Yes. Yeah, so we have 80 teams competing this week. Top 33 teams and ties make the cut in terms of the format. We're going to do Thursday and Saturday rounds will be a best ball format for the people that need it. Best ball is where you play a shot from every location and then choose the best shot from there, if that makes sense. And then our Friday and Sunday rounds will be alternate shot, which is switching off between each player hitting. Um, the alternate shot normally produces a much, uh, you know, a higher score than best ball, given the fact that you have to, you have to play every shot and you can't just go ball and pocket. 
um, on some of the holes, but I think the alternate shot is really where we're going to be, you know, looking at the teams that have these, you know, consistent players, better ball strikers, guys that, uh, you know, this week, right. It's a shootout. You cannot be reteaming or, you know, having issues like that around the greens and stuff. So we definitely want to look at guys who are going to be solid throughout the bag. Getting into the golf course, we are heading to New Orleans this week. Doc, I wonder if Zion will be out there. He's, you know, he's really got nothing better to do. I know the Pelicans are in a, uh, a big series um, this, you know, this week, these next couple of weeks. Uh, looks like it could be a bit of a sweep, though. Yeah, I, uh, I bet he's out there. Why not? Yes. Yeah. You know, going to support the troops. Jambalaya is rolling out there. I'm sure he'll be around. Um, this week for the golf course, we are playing TPC Louisiana. It's a 7,420-yard par 72. It's a peat dye golf course, decent amount of waters, ton of bunkers. And, Doc, you are the weatherman. We are expecting a little bit of rain this week. Yeah. So, you know, 7,425-yard, expect the golf course to play pretty long. Yeah, this place is a swamp as it is, too. Uh, just, you know, based off where it is, Louisiana, swamplands. Uh, when it rains, you know, this place, you know, it um, it doesn't drain well, it floods. But at the same time, you know, if they can get, you know, if it, I don't think it's going to be anything too serious. Um, and, you know, the softer the course gets, especially around this place, these guys are going to be going so low. For sure, for sure. And, you know, here's our last, uh, the last four versions of the Zurich Classic, our past champions. We have last year, um, Cameron Smith, Mark Leishman winning with a score of minus 20. Then 2019, uh, John Rom, Ryan Palmer shot 26 under. 2018, we had Billy Horschel and Scott Piercy shoot 22 under. And then in 2017, Cam Smith and the Jonas Blix team uh, shot 27 under par to win the you know the first version of that team format. Doc, you know one of the rolling jokes we have is the fact that this uh, Zurich Classic should it count as a PGA Tour win because it's a you know it's a paired event. And you look at a guy like Cameron Smith, who's now, um, who's, you know, obviously a two-time winner and, you know, that helps the old, uh, world golf hall of fame resume down the road, potentially, uh, you know, if he racks up three or four of these, but just looking at a guy who, you know, Cameron Smith is a two-time winner. I think, you know, he, he's right now, obviously, and over the last couple of years kind of jumps out as being the best putter on tour, at least in that conversation. I think obviously putting is a huge, uh, deal in this format because what it really comes down to when you're going 27 30 under par in that kind of in that kind of range you're gonna have to make putts and Cameron Smith is one of the best in the world at it yeah no doubt and I think when you uh you know you gotta ask someone like uh, Ryan Palmer what he what if he, if he thinks this is a uh you know solidified PGA tour event I think he'd say yes uh you know he, he's yeah. paired up with you know he, and I think he, Ryan, you know Ryan Ryan Go ahead. Palmer, he's like the he's like the Nick Saban of recruiting recruiting on the PJ Tour. He had John Rom a couple of times. Now he's got Scotty Scheffler. He just you know I saw some tweets. Obviously he's uh, he only likes number one player in the world. I guess. Yeah, well, it helps when you're one of the nicest guys on tour and you're well respected out there. You know the best players want to play with you. And you know this is one week a year. It's a couple of weeks after the Masters. You know guys are coming off a you know a pretty tough week at the RBC. Uh, and, and you get to sit back and relax a little bit, but at the same time, you get to pick a teammate that can, you know, really help you, you know, especially if you're a guy that's on the outside looking in of status. I mean, you know, we've seen Brooks Kepka show up here in the last three years with his brother. 
um, who, who doesn't have status, but, you know, had they played well, you know, it, it's a, it's a good opportunity for them to, you know, for you to jumpstart a career. Yeah. And then you've got teams like uh, Bill Haas and Jay Haas. I don't know if they meant to sign up for the father son and accidentally signed up for the Zurich and PJ tour said, you know, go for it. Um, but yeah, there's doc, there's definitely a lot of corn fairy guys playing this week who, you know, if they could win this tournament, right. They're getting PJ tour status. Yes. So um, it's a card. It's a what, card. I don't know exactly what the qualifications are. You have to have at least cornberry status to be in there. Um, uh-uh. because Kep, I think, Ch- I Chase Kepka did not. Chase yeah, Kepka had exactly. no status. Yeah. I think if you got 14 clubs and you, you know, you can make it to your tea time, you're ready to roll out there. So uh, I'm sure. I think, what do you one, think? I think one player prob- probably has to have PGA Tour status. Oh, yes. One player does. That's, yeah. that's the whole thing. Um, but in terms of it's a matter of time, right? Before you get a guy like a, a Harry Higgs who just auctions his spot. What does that go for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or it's only a matter of time before we see Tiger and Charlie Woods teed up in this. Yes. yes. How about that? I mean, what, once, once, once Charlie can play from the back tees, I don't see why Tiger wouldn't show up here with, with Charlie. Be, I mean, uh, we talked about this before the pod, maybe you'd have to change locations and, and sponsors, but yeah. um, seeing, you know, Teams like that, you know, uh, you know, I know, you know, our, our guy Kucher has a son who's, who's coming up. You could see you could see some of these players show up with their kids. I mean, you really could. Certainly, for sure. And I think, you know, just looking at Doc, I think the theme of our picks, we're going to recommend a couple of guys you might may never have heard of or haven't heard yeah. from much. I think that just goes um with the betting strategy this week, which is to take the, you know, a couple more long shots rather than looking at these favorites. It's kind of a fluky format. Think of a, you know, a format like best ball. Um, you could have, you know, a, a team where they both birdie the same hole, you know, four or five times throughout the round. And it only counts as one birdie versus um, if they birdie different holes, right. They'd be eight under versus four under. So there's definitely some things like that. And I think that's a reason why it's worth taking the long shots in this format. Doc, is it me? But, um, you know, we'll get into these head-to-heads. Looking at these head-to-heads, it was, like, so hard to not, like, see these as same group matchups, right? Two versus two guys. Um, it kind of reminded me of just, like, looking at a Presence Cup or Ryder Cup um, for the head-to-heads this week, even though necessarily not going to be playing together, obviously, all four rounds. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And uh, and should we roll right into the the matchups for the Zurich Classic here? I'll, I'll start it off with... Uh, ben on and Sung JM over Keegan Bradley and Brennan Steele at minus 110 on DraftKings. And keep in mind here, Ben on, you know, was on tour for many years before losing his card. You know, he, he's had a great year on the Corn Ferry Tour with a win at the uh, at the Lecom in Sarasota, uh, me and Led's old stomping grounds. And he's currently number two on the KFT money list. So Ben on also came in second here in 2016 playing with Jamie Lovemark. And led at that time, you know, Ben on was the one who had, you know, solidified status top 50 in the world. Jamie Lovemark was just trying to make his mark on tour. I think, I think Lovemark's back on corn Ferry, but it's interesting to see how these I haven't teams heard his name in a while. Yeah, I haven't heard it's, Jamie Lovemark. <laughs> it's interesting to see how these teams kind of evolve over time, but Ben on pairs up with Sung Jay this week, who uh, you are, you are much more familiar with. He's had a great year, was in contention at the masters a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, he ranks eighth on the FedEx Cup right now. And these two, 
Ben on and Sung Jay, um, you know, in my opinion, you're going to be a pretty big force this week. Ben on sixth and birdie or better percentage on the Corn Ferry Tour. Sung Jay, 23rd um, and birdie or better percentage on the PGA Tour. And um, I think that's something you, you love to see uh, when it comes to best ball and alternate, alternate shot format. And, you know, for this first matchup, they go against Keegan Bradley and Brendan Steele. Keegan Bradley, very respectable year, was right there at the end of the players, was in contention at Bay Hill. Brennan Steele, on the other hand, uh, besides a T13 finish at the players, is having an absolutely miserable year on the golf course. So my first matchup uh, for the Zurich is going to be Ben On and Sung JM over Keegan Bradley and Brendan Steele, minus 110 on DraftKings. Good work, Doc. I'm all over that pairing as well of Sungjae and uh, and Ben On, and I'll get to that later um, in some picks to place and stuff. For my first head-to-head, I am taking Doug Gim and Matthias Schwab over Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson, plus 105 on DraftKings. Now, if you remove the names, looked at the stats, this would be a you know a pick them at best. So I think we're getting some value here uh, with that number at plus 105. You know, Justin Rose, Henrik Stenson, you know, they're those, they're those classic cars, right? They're the couple of majors, right? And then you have these uh, Doug Gim, Matthias Schwabs, who obviously are some young guns on tour. But I'm looking at, you know, Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson. You know, if they're a classic car, these guys are like 2003 Jeep Wranglers with 200,000 miles on them being held together by duct tape. Okay. So this matchup, I'm purely going with guys who have had some form as of late. Gim is 51st off the tee, 36 approach relative to the field. He's coming off a sixth place finish at the players and a 35th place finish last week at Harbortown, where he gained strokes in every category. Then we got a guy like Matias Schwab, who's made nine of his last 10 cuts, highlighted by top 10s at the Honda, Puerto Rico, and Valero. As for the classic cars, the major champions, um, you know, I think this is a a spot where we can kind of just take advantage of the fact that these guys are just being overpriced a little bit because of, uh, you know, their names. Uh, You know, we got Justin Rose, who's coming off three missed cuts in a row. Uh, He's lost strokes in every category all three weeks. And then we got Mr. Henrik Stenson. Um, you know, he surprisingly has made three cuts in a row. He did lose his game over the last couple of years. I know he's been dealing with some personal stuff and, you know, uh, but the game also has just been in a deep dive until the last couple of weeks. Um, so I don't want to overreact to the fact that he has made three cuts in a row. It's nice to see a little form from him. Um, but, you know, looking at his stats, he's, near last in both driving and putting in the field this week. And I think that's going to be a huge, you know, both of those are going to be uh, huge this week for, uh, for this format. Um, you know, you look at a guy like uh, Henrik Stenson, who's always been afraid to pull the driver. Uh, he, you know, he's known for his Diablo three with it. Yeah. The every time doc from like um, from 2004. Yeah, exactly. It's got like some graphaloid shaft. Yeah. They don't make any more. And, um, but you're not going to be able to hit the trusty Diablo three wood on every shot out here. So, you know, just looking at this matchup, neither of these guys are the ball strikers they once were. So I really don't think this matchup will be that close. Um, when we're looking at, you know, guys that are in form, Doug Gim and Matthias Schwab versus guys like Justin Rose and, uh, Henrik Stenson. So for my first head to head, I'm taking Doug Gim and Matthias Schwab over Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson at plus 105. You know, don't ca- get caught up in the name brands here uh, for that first head-to-head. 
Okay, yeah, a little bit of a, a younger duo against a, uh, a struggling veteran mix. Uh, Stinson, obviously going to captain the European Ryder Cup team. He's going to be doing a lot more watching than playing probably here over the next couple of years. Uh, so I like that. I like that. Uh, I like that look, Led. On to my next one, Davis Riley and Will Zalatoris over Tyrrell Hatton and Danny Willett at minus 110 on DraftKings. So Davis Riley and Will Zalatoris both. Young rising star category on the PGA Tour with Zal Torres a little farther ahead on that path than Riley. And these two guys were roommates for a period of time when they had first turned pro. Uh, so they already have uh, amazing chemistry working for them. But more importantly, both of these guys have uh, good results around Bermuda grass venues as of late. Riley with his T2 finish at Valspar and Zal Torres with his sixth place finish at the Masters. Make no mistake, uh, you know Hatton's out. You know Hatton and uh, and Willett uh, will be a tough matchup this week, but I don't think Tyrrell will be able to carry Danny for seventy two holes. I think Danny is a bit overpriced right now because he shows up at the Masters for the first time since who knows when. And no respect to Tyrrell at all; he's playing beautifully, but ultimately Riley and Zalatoris will be the better group here. Uh, that's Davis Riley and Will Zalatoris over Tyrrell Hatton and Danny Willett. Minus 110 on DraftKings. Love it, Doc. I'm going to be on that <laughs> team as well. Um, for my next matchup, I'm taking Grayson Sig and Sepp Straka over Christian Bezudenhoit and Charles Schwartzel. That's minus 120 on DraftKings. I really like this uh, Grayson Sig, Sepp Straka pairing. Former, Joel, sorry, former Georgia Bulldogs, the chemistry will not be in question. Sepp has nine, um, has, made, has made the cut nine of his last 10 events. Here's his last five events. Went at the Honda top 10 at players 30th at Augusta and a, uh, you know, he did have a miscut um, tossed in there, but last week, third place finish at Harvard town, uh, you know, one shot back, you know, Sepp is playing the best golf of his career right now. So, you know, that's a guy you definitely want to be uh, playing this week. And then we got a guy like Grayson Sig. He won the corn Ferry tour money list last year, uh, you know, and, Yes, no, like, huge results to really write home about, but I do love the consistency from him. He's made eight of nine cuts so far in 2022. Um, a lot of 33rd place finishes, 25th place finishes. But, you know, he's really been solid throughout the bag. He's The putter has been has started to, to heat up lately, he, picking up nine strokes on the greens in his last two starts. I think, uh, you know, for a format, you need to be going, you know, 25-plus under par, that could be huge for them. Now we're comparing them to uh, Christian Bazunway and Charles Schwartzel. So um, for Cbez, normally he's a he's a good putter. Uh, last couple of weeks, not so much. He's losing over five strokes on the greens in his last two starts. Other than that, not too much to nitpick about Christian. Um, you know he's been pretty solid this week. But then we look at a guy like Schwartzel, and I think he is the weak link of this matchup the weak link of this matchup. I got a, you know, I got a blister scoring for this man's stats as of late doc. I know he did play well at Augusta, had a, had a rough final round, but did finish in the top 10 there. But statistically, you know, this season, 137th, uh, he's the 137th best driver in the field, 137th best putter. Uh, yes, he did finish runner up in this event with Louis, Louis, Louis Oosthuizen last year, but I'm not looking too deep into that result. Uh, you know, look at his partner, 
Sebes uh, <laughs> ain't no Louis uh, Usazen uh, in terms of, you know, ball striking and just in terms of, uh, you know, the whole overall quality of player. You know, besides Schwartzel Blackout Augusto, this is still a guy who's missed cuts in six of his last eight uh, starts on tour. He's losing strokes in every single category in his last 10 starts. So I think this is a weak link in a matchup that we can expose. So for my second matchup, I'm taking Grayson Sig over Seps, sorry, Grayson Sig and Sepp Straka over Christian Mizudenhoy and Charles Schwartzel. That's minus 20, minus 120 on DraftKings. Sorry, these now, matchups got my head in a pretzel. It's like hard to read those off. Yeah. <laughs> I love Straka this week, led. Uh, you know, he performed amazing last week at the RBC. He was right there down the stretch. Um, disappointing 72nd hole when he kind of put it right in the in the junk and then uh, couldn't get up and down. So good look there with uh, with Straka and Sig. On to my next one is Joaquin Neiman and Mito Pereira uh, over Harold Varner III and Bubba Watson at minus 110 on DraftKings. We're going to fade Varner after he spends two straight weeks in the mix. He played well at Augusta, almost won at the RBC last week, was one putt away. Uh, but I expect some fatigue uh, this week from Varner, and he's paired with Bubba Watson, who has been nothing special at all this year. Uh, bottom line, bottom line there. Bubba Watson, nothing special at all this year. Uh, we're going to fade that pair with the Chilean combination of Joaquin Neiman and Mito Pereira. Uh, you know, this will be an incredibly dangerous duo uh, when we see that President's Cup Cup around come around. I think they'll both make the team both playing outstanding this year. Uh, Joko has been in contention every week. He was right there at the RBC um, until a poor back nine on Sunday. And Mito, you know, has only finished outside of 30th once in his last six starts. Uh, so uh, not only will be, you know, the, the Chilean combination beat Varner and Watson this week, but you can bank on them. Uh, being in the mix on the back nine come Sunday. So that's Joaquin Neiman and Mito Pereira over Harold Varner and Bubba Watson at minus 110 um, on DraftKings. And then moving into our picks to place uh, for the RBC, I'll start here uh, with Martin Laird and Robert McIntyre, uh, top 20 at plus 150 on DraftKings. And Man, what's not to love about the Scottish duo this week? We haven't had a chance to discuss Robert McIntyre since we hit that top 40 ticket on him at the Masters two weeks ago when he finished 23rd. Uh, this guy, lefty magic, what is he, like 5'4"? He's incredible. Yeah, and I know they're not – right. McGregor's Irish, but, man, I feel like they could <laughs> tap into that. I feel like they could tap into that for a walk-up song. At, you know, yeah. bring a little belt in there or something. Uh, yeah, that's one of the things we haven't talked about, the walk-up songs. You know, what would uh, what would you have anything on deck or what your potential uh, walk-up song would be? I I mean, you know, we should have prepped earlier. Lad, I'm a little indifferent with the walk-up song for the PGA Tour. It's not like they're walking in the stadium full of people, you know? it's Yeah, true. You've seen it. It's I mean, it's not even like the, it's not, it's not even like the Waste Management 16th. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. they, need to, they need to build it up a little bit more. Yeah, walk-up songs would make way like way more sense at Waste Management 16 than uh, than anywhere else. But yeah, I'm surprised they haven't. Uh, you know, a little mini stadium for the first tee would be great. I, I yeah, can't but really think of that first hole in my head. Uh, I don't know if it really jumps out as anything too exciting. First hole being like a par three or something would be so sick. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit. Um, 
it's a bit unappealing from like a size perspective and, you know, the players entering an arena and I I'm all for getting that field of golf, but at the Zurich classic, you know, when there's like a grandstand with four rows of bleachers, you know, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm indifferent about the walk-up song. I do think, you know, it'd be cool for uh, Robert McIntyre to dial up some like, uh, the Scottish national anthem mixed with, you know, Biggie Smalls, like, like, uh, like Connor does with that, uh, which is sick. Um, Yeah. Back to Rob Mack, Rob Mack and Martin Laird, top 20 plus 150 on DraftKings. Um, You know, Robert's 23rd finish at the masters was his second top 25 in his last three starts. And he pairs up with a veteran, um, and Martin Laird, whose putting worries me coming into this week, but Bermuda is his best surface by far. Um, and the rest of his team, his game from Tina Green um, has been outstanding this year. So my first pick to place is going to be Martin Laird uh, and Robert McIntyre plus top 20 plus 150 on DraftKings. Let. Good find, Doc. And then for my first pick to place, I'm taking Adam Hadwin and Adam Svensson. Top 10, which is plus 400 on DraftKings. The Canadian Adams should complement each other nicely this week. Svensson is one of the best iron plays in the field. He is 16th approach in his last 50 rounds. And I really do think these guys could do some uh, damage on a, you know, on a best ball format when you, uh, when you pair him up with a guy like Hadwin. You know, Hadwin fills it up on the greens. One of the best putters on tour over the last, over the last couple of years. Um, and neither of these guys are scared to go low. Um, these guys have ca- shot countless 63s and 64s over the year. In fact, Hadwin even has a 59, right, in terms of, uh, you know, he's not afraid to uh, take it deep. Um, in terms of how they've been playing, Hadwin has three top tens in his last four starts and is honestly one of the hottest players in the field coming into this week. So look for this Canadian duo to be there uh, late on Sunday. I like that number plus 400 for Adam Hadwin and Adam Svensson at top 10. Love that duo this week. Two outstanding ball strikers. Hadwin, you know, hasn't won in, in, in quite a while. Um, I see them getting in the mix for sure this week, and I'll talk about them uh, more a little bit later. On to – yeah, go ahead, Len. They're kind of that – both of those guys are kind of like psychos in terms of, okay, we're like seven under through eight kind of thing. Let's just keep it rolling where, you know, some yeah. guys, uh, you know, throw a little bit of a governor on when they can start going that low, but yeah, they have Adam, none of Adam, that. Adam Svensson, where, where's the first team? What's the course record kind of players? Love that lad. Uh, on to Paul Barjon and Tom Hoagie top 20 plus 260 on DraftKings, And, uh, you know, we have to love, uh, two of the best ball strikers on the PGA Tour and Paul Barjon and Tom Hoagie. Uh, these two have played a ton of golf together. Both both went to TCU, both live and play in Fort Worth. Um, two things I really like about this pairing. Uh, one, both incredible iron players, especially from distance, and they both excel um, on Bermuda putting surfaces. So my second pick to place this week is going to be Paul Barjon and Tom Hoagie, top 20 at plus 260 on DraftKings. Love it. And for my next pick to place, I'm taking Peter Uline and Richie Wierenski, top 20 plus 330. Um, you know, I was going back through the last couple of results and, uh, you know, at the Zurich Classic. And, Doc, I feel like it's a little bit of disrespect. These guys missed out on a playoff last year by one shot. 
and are now plus 330 top 20 in the next year, uh, you know, that seems like pretty good value. Um, the one thing I looked at, obviously, is how they're playing. So we have Peter Uline, who's, you know, been playing most of his golf on the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, has played some, you know, has uh, some starts on the PJ Tour. He has landed his last four cuts on tour uh, in 2022. Um we got a little nugget for you. It's a nugget alert. Uh, last Corn Ferry Tour event that Peter Uline played in, he finished runner-up. Doc, take a gander at what state that Corn Ferry event was played in. Louisiana. Yes, sir. Go Tigers. All right. So Peter Uline, <laughs> played, you know, that was like less than a month ago. Okay. He, you know, shot tw- uh, 20 under in a Corn Ferry event. Um, Richie has had a bit of a tough year, you know, playing a little better as of late. He made three of his last four cuts on tour, highlighted by a 21st place finish at Valspar, where he uh, picked up six six shots, tee to green. Um, He's picking up strokes, putting in five of his last six rounds. Doc, sometimes, um, of course, we're looking at stats. We're always looking at the number. I just think, you know, this is pretty good value on a team that has shown they, you know, have a little chemistry. They can play well together in this format. I mean, we're not asking for a top five or a top 10. Um, you know, Peter Uline, Richie Orensky, top 20 plus 330, I think, is a must play this week. Yeah, good find. A uh, couple couple former runner-ups that uh, kind of have to get their mojo back on the and, and Dog, stuff. you know yeah. how it is. Like, you know, whether it's the weekend warrior playing on a, on a Saturday or Sunday, sometimes you just have that guy you dealt with, and it doesn't really matter if, okay, we're – you know, whether you're looking at the stats, whether you're looking at the, uh, this thing, you look at, you know, back to this, uh, the last couple of results at the Zurich Classic. I mean, you've got Greg Chalmers and Randos that are finishing top five, top 10. So sometimes it's more about just uh, guys that gel well together. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you look at uh, some of the pairings here, you're, you're looking at a lot of guys that spend, uh, you know, quite a bit of time together back at home, you know, Keith Mitchell, Brant Snedeker, not on my card this week, but you look at that pairing, you know, those two are very close. Uh, Patton Kazire and JT posted, you know, these are guys that, you know, play together a lot. And I think when you show up here with someone um, that you're used to playing with Tom, Tom Hoagie and Paul Barjon, um, you know, makes, makes things a lot easier. That's why Kevin Kisner keeps showing up here with Scott Brown, who no one listening to this podcast knows who that is. Yeah, and it's funny, Doc, when you just, uh, you know, that last top 20, I talked about Uline and Wierenski. They're, they're the hashtag juke live boys. They play together, you know, yeah. who knows, four or five times a, a week during the offseason potentially. And then you compare that to maybe like a Colin Morikawa and a Hovland, right? Just coming into this week, obviously a lot more pressure on those, you know, big-time teams where it's like – God, imagine, uh, you know, we talked about this, the uh, the chipping woes of Victor Hovland. I don't think they get any better when uh, now you've got more Kyle <laughs> struggling over a seven-footer after, a, you know, a crappy chip from Hovland. I think uh, when you are playing this kind of partner format, it's great to have, obviously, chemistry and a, uh, and a good relationship and to feel like, you know, if you hit a bad shot, you're not letting your partner down. You look at a matchup like with you start. You look at a pairing like Hovland and uh, Morikawa. I think that could definitely be the case. No doubt, no doubt. On to my last pick to place: uh, Scotty Scheffler and Ryan Palmer, top five plus two ten on DraftKings. Now you've heard the jingle with Ryan Palmer at the Zurich Classic. You know, 
uh, rides the coattails of the best players on tour every year, 2019, uh, you know, one with John Rahm, then world number one in 2021, um, pairs up with Rahm again and finishes seventh. I don't look at this as a negative thing whatsoever. Like we said in the intro, if you're a guy like Ryan Palmer, who has a phenomenal relationship with every elite player on tour, why not take advantage of it? Uh, so he picks the cream of the crop and Scotty Scheffler this week who, you know, how are you going to bet against him right now? Uh, you know, won four times in his last six events, including his first major championship, the green jacket, of course. And you match that up with Brian Palmer, who has absolutely no special results as of late, uh, but has proven himself at this venue. And literally the point you just mentioned, these are two guys that both live in Dallas. Um, Ryan Palmer plays at Vicaro and, you know, Scotty plays at Trinity. I'm sure, you know, they, you know, they play with each other maybe once a week, link up for dinner. Um, it's that kind of relationship you want when betting on this tournament. For sure. Certainly. Okay. And on to our winners uh, at the Zurich Classic. Um, I have two this week. Uh, first one's going to be Ben on and Sung JM at 40 to one on DraftKings, who we kind of went over in the matchups. Um, you know, two, two guys that, you know, Ben on obviously on the corn ferry tour right now. Uh, top five on the money list there, making a ton of birdies. And Sung JM, who uh, has had a fantastic year, was right there at the Masters. My second one, a little bit more of a dark horse winner, it's going to be Doc Redman and Sam Ryder, 180 to one um, on DraftKings. Uh, big long shot here, but these are two guys that, uh, once again, like the point we just talked about, they play together a lot. Um, Sam Ryder has been in contention a few times on the PGA Tour this year. Doc Redman, a couple times, Houston Open is right there, um, has not gotten the job done on Sundays. But when these two come together, I think between their birdie percentage and you know how well they both strike the ball, I think they're going to make an excellent combination this week. So uh, that's Doc Redman and Sam Ryder, 180 to 1 on DraftKings. Yeah, and then for my my outrights this week, we've lost over most of these guys. My first one is going to be Joaquin Neiman and Mitsu Pura. 25 to one on DraftKings. Doc, you know, I love these players. The fact that they're playing together, I love it even more. Two elite ball strikers coming off solid weeks at Harbortown. Best ball, alternate shot, Wolf. I don't care what format it is. I absolutely love these guys this week. For my next um, outright, it's going to be Davis Riley and Will Zalatoris, 35 to one. Um, former KFT roommates, I'm hearing. So the chemistry will be there. Um, looking at Davis Riley, he did shoot 80 last week at Harbortown en route to an MC hammer. Um, but he has shown some form as of late, only a month ago, finished runner up at the Valsport uh, to Stan Burns, losing in a playoff there. And, you know, I just, I love Zal. Zal is a dream partner in this format. He's fifth off the tee, fifth approach. Yes. The putting is a little bit sketchy, um, but it's so nice to have a partner uh, like Zalatoris, who's going to be in every hole contributing um, like a Zalatoris, uh, because he's so consistent uh, from T to green. Um, you know, Zalatoris is coming off a sixth place finish at the Masters. Uh, has me thinking his putting is a little more under control than uh, maybe a couple of those Twitter videos you've seen lately. Um, so for my next uh, outright winner, it's me, Davis Riley and Will Zalatoris, 35 to 1. And then for my last one, it's going to be Adam Hadwin and Adam Svensson, 65 to one on DraftKings. We've talked about them. I just think that's a great number for them. 
And on to our DraftKings lineups for the Zurich Classic. Uh, I'll start it off here. We're going to go Tom Hoagie and Paul Barjon, uh, then Sung J.M. and Ben On, and then Robert McIntyre and Robert Laird, Ryan Palmer and Scotty Scheffler, uh, Mito Pereira and Joaquin Neiman, and then riding the caboose, uh, Doc Redman and Sam Ryder uh, to kind of top on my winning ticket on them. So that's my DraftKings lineup for the week. Led, who you got going against me? Yeah, I'm going to take Sam Burns, Billy Horschel. I'm going to take Joaquin Neiman and Mito Pereira. Sung J.M. Ben On uh, team. I'm going to take ha- Adam Hadwin, Adam Svensson. Winch, uh, sorry, Richie Wierenski, Peter Uline. And then for my caboose, I'm going to take Sam Horsfield and Matt Wallace. Doc, I don't know what this means. I know we're not really having a degen bet. I did have a dream. I know this is weird, okay? I had a dream that Sam Horsfield and Matt Wallace were first-round leaders minus seven. I, yeah. I, just had a, <laughs> I literally I liked them up. this week. So um, I'm going to find that number and uh, – I'm doing a imp, I'm improvising a degen bet. Sam Horsfield, Matt Wallace, first round leaders. I mean, I gotta go off a dream, right? Let's dream. Follow it. Follow it. Hammer it. Lock it in. Uh, scoring predictions for the Zurich. Um, I'm saying 27 under to tie the tournament record. <laughs> now, <laughs> possible <laughs> possible storms could hit New Orleans this weekend. Whole place is a swamp, anyways. Like I said course will get softer and these guys will make more birdies tournament record gets tied this week at 27 under doc i'm taking the over i actually had 28 under par and uh yeah i think with the soft conditions these guys are going to go low uh you know i better hope for a hurricane then lad yeah yeah you better you better doc i was even thinking uh a little off topic here but uh do you think billy horschel is like texting uh sam burns like Wednesday night, too much. To convince- oh my god! But definitely, like he's the guy who's like, dude. Okay, look, we're playing together tomorrow. But I'm interested to, you know, there's a couple of these guys. We got a Callaway guy and a Titleist guy. Um, in terms of choosing the golf ball, like who wins that battle? Imagine Billy Hor- making. There's no way Billy Horschel is playing the Callaway out there. No chance. No chance. And then, and then, uh, you know, picking out outfits with Billy Horschel, who rocks like purple pants on Sunday. Uh, going to be are doing, matching, are doing matching outfits. Is that a thing? You know, I think a lot of teams do, but they're just not like, I don't think you're going to see, well, Sam Burns with the LSU you could see him in purple pants. Yeah, for you know, sure. But, but, you know, it's, but, uh, it's interesting. We see a lot of matching outfits at the father's son. Um, I don't know. I just, I wonder if Hovland and Morikawa, those kind of guys are going to be, you know, matching it up. Uh, yeah. It'll be La- hey, La- yeah. Lowry and Poulter definitely won't. They you can you can count on that. They can't. Well, they won't be they the same size. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, closing out with our best bets for the Zurich. Um, Led has already taken this bet. This is going to be my best bet. Adam Hadwin and Adam Svensson top twenty at plus one sixty on DraftKings. Um, you know, Led. You know, you talked about this earlier. It's tough to find. Uh, you know, two ball strikers on tour that are better than these two Canadians. I mean, that's just a lot of mine. Svensson coming off a T26 finish at the RBC. Hadwin has three top tens in his last four starts. Um, you know, and, and in my opinion, Adam Hadwin, very overdue for a victory. It's amazing. 
um, was looking at this. Adam Hadwin's only won once on the PGA Tour. 2017 Ballasport. That was his last win. So I think 2022 is the year he steps back in the winner's circle. And um, uh, Spenson is a guy who, uh, without a doubt, you know, will represent the internationals in years to come in the President's Cup. Uh, so my best yeah. bet's going to be Adam Hadwin and Adam Spenson, top 20 plus 160 on DraftKings. Love it, Doc. And we're on the same wavelength this week. Uh, for my best bet, I'm going to take Ben on and Sung JM in a top 20 at plus 140. You know, some weeks are bigger than others for guys that don't have full status. Uh, but Ben on is coming off a win a couple months ago on the Corn Ferry at the Lee Calm Classic. Shout out Lakewood Ranch. Uh, you know, this start means a lot less to him than it normally would as a, as a KFT member. Um, given the fact that his card is pretty much all but locked up uh, with that Corn Ferry win and some other good results. Uh, Ben's last two starts, not including a win, are a tied 12th and a runner-up where he took it 20 under last week. Okay, so this guy is not afraid to go low. Golf is golf, whether you have your card or your, you know, your PJ Tour card or not. I feel like a couple of these Corn Ferry guys this week are a little bit undervalued, so we can take advantage of that. Now, looking at a guy like Sung J.M., we've got the seventh best driver of the golf ball on tour who's going to be setting up Ben on to fire at pins. Sung Jay is just so consistent. He's made 23 of his last 23 starts. Those are probably all over the last 23 weeks. We know he is the Iron Man of the PGA yeah. Tour. And I think having, you know, solid, consistent players, especially in alternate shot best ball formats is huge. You know, Sung Jay is the epitome of that. Already has five top tens and a win on the season. Um, he really should have top 10 at Harbortown last week. If, if, it, if it weren't for an off putting week, he lost four strokes, I believe, on the greens and still finished like tied 21st. If he has an average putting week, uh, you know, he's finishing one back of speed, uh, you know, if he, he lost zero strokes or whatever. So I am very comfortable taking this duo uh, for their recent play. Yes, Ben on, is on the Corn Ferry Tour, but if anything, that will set him up to make some birdies uh, this week at the Zurich Classic. So for my best bet, I'm taking Ben on and Sung J.M. in a top 20 at plus 140 on DraftKings. And that will do it for the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's Dream Preview for Zurich Classic of New Orleans Week. Uh, Led great work, and best of luck to everyone with their picks this week. Let's do it. <laughs>